New Testament tells us that Jesus came to give us His Holy Spirit and that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to everyone, people of all sorts. But what does the Old Testament teach us about the Holy Spirit? Those who insist that really the Old Testament and the New Testament are really two different books, two different understandings of reality, and the, the Christian one is the New Testament and the Jewish one is the Old Testament, will often suggest that there's a very different view of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. That's not true. The Old Testament is a Christian book. It teaches us about Christ. And it also teaches us about the Holy Spirit in ways that lead straight into the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you find the covenant teaching three things. First of all, it's God's method of teaching His character. The Hebrew people had spent 400 years in captivity in Egypt, which was the most thoroughly pagan nation in the world. Before modern Hinduism, the Egyptians held the record for a number of gods. So for 400 years, they had learned things that were, in fact, contrary to biblical truth and reality. So what's God to do? Is He going to drop a philosophy book on them? <laughs> These people were former slaves. They have no education. What does He do? He invites them into a covenant, a mutual commitment, a relationship, and He says, in this relationship, I want you to act in certain ways. Well, it's obvious the reason God wants them to act in those ways is because that's the way He acts. They shouldn't lie because He doesn't lie. They shouldn't take people's stuff because he doesn't take people's stuff. So that was the first thing that the covenant existed to do, to teach the character of God. The second thing was the other side of that coin. He wanted to teach them the character that he intends for us. But there was a third thing that the covenant taught, more implicit, and that is there's something wrong with us. The Hebrew people very, very blithely said, oh yes, we'll do all those things. We won't recognize any other God. We won't make any idols. We'll give you one day a week. We'll honor father and mother. We'll, we'll do all those. Sure, they weren't lying. But they didn't know. They didn't know that within five weeks they would be dancing around a golden idol, praising it for having delivered them from Egypt. What is the problem? As early as Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, we're told that the very imaginations of the thoughts of our hearts are only evil constantly. Wow! only evil constantly. Now the heart in the Old Testament is the control panel of life. It's not merely the seat of the affections. It's where you think, it's where you feel, it's where you decide. It's the core of your person. So when it says the heart is wicked, or as Jeremiah is to say, deceitful, 
It's saying the very core of our human personality is somehow warped away from God. It also says that our spirits are unstable. Now the spirit in the Old Testament, a single Hebrew word, means wind, breath, spirit with a small s, or spirit with a capital S. Just depends on the context which of those connotations you choose. So what is the spirit of a human being? It's the motivations. It's the direction. It's the general tenor of our lives. And the Bible says it's completely unstable. We flit from here to there. There's nothing that's nailed down. Hosea calls it a spirit of prostitution. There's something in us that tends us away from the solid base of our true husband in God toward these stolen pleasures. Instead of giving ourselves to him unreservedly and freely and totally, we say, oh no. Another way the Bible expresses this is the divided heart. Yeah, part of the control panel of my life wants God's ways, but another part wants my ways. And so the Hebrew people find themselves constantly breaking their covenant. And so they're caught. The covenant is them. It defines them. It gives them their life. And at the same time, it damns them at every step. What is to be done? And the Hebrew people saw people in whom there was a different spirit. A settled, stable spirit. A single heart. And they recognized that that wasn't the ordinary human spirit. It was the spirit of God. The first time that happened, a pagan says it. The Pharaoh looks around at his courtiers after Joseph has freely and kindly explained what the dreams mean and then has suggested that in order to save Egyptian lives, they ought to put into effect a system. And the Pharaoh looks around and says, Can we find another man in my kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods? That's a pagan recognizing there's something different at work in this guy. And so you see it. Bezalel, the man who's filled with the Holy Spirit to design and build the tabernacle. Gideon, turned from a coward into a man who's willing to take on 100,000 with 300. Saul, a new heart. And then how tragically, when the Holy Spirit abandons him, falling into depression and despair. And so it goes. And you begin to get this longing in the people. Oh God, could you, would you, might you do this for all of us? Could you put your Holy Spirit in us all so that we could keep that covenant that defines us, that is a good covenant? And it's as though God says, I thought you were never going to ask. Yes. In Numbers, Moses says, I wish that all God's people were filled with the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah, he says the day is coming when the abandoned watchtower, the deserted palace, 
the barren fields will be changed because God will pour out His Spirit and people will be able to live in righteousness and peace and wholeness. In chapter 44 of Isaiah, he says, Yes, I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring and they will name themselves by me. No longer the divided heart, part for me, part for him, all for him. Joel, I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody. Rich, poor, young, old, men, women, everybody. And Peter, who was not always the brightest light around, Peter, when the spirit fell, said, This is it. This is what God promised in Joel. He has come. So, no, there is no distinction in the understanding of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the New. There's only one key difference. In the Old Testament, He is given to key selected leaders. In the New Testament, He's given to all of us. Thanks. <music>